Click next. I don't know where I'm going. A little help, please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Hello, friend. Welcome to episode two of the Mosby Learning Podcast. My name is Dan Hurt. In a minute, you are going to hear a conversation between myself and... Adam Caustics. We are going to join that conversation in progress. But just to set it up for you, what we were talking about here is we had just recently, about a week before this conversation, we came back from the Southwest Learning Summit, SWILLIS, the, uh, the, the Dallas ATD chapter one day conference that they put on there where Adam and I were, we, uh, we hosted a session on our Jumpstart Your Micro Learning Program session. And we were very excited to, maybe it was a couple weeks before, because we were very excited to get the survey results back to see what the people who attended our session, what they had to say about it. I mean, you usually have a pretty good idea, but it's nice to see the actual empirical data. So here it is. And it was a great summit, but we also got our survey back um, maybe f- uh, five, six days ago, yeah? We did. I think it was uh, just a couple days ago. We did get that back, and you know, I'm, I was chuckling in the background there. I continue to go swizzle, and that's what I've been calling it. Um, I feel bad for the people. I know they were really big on calling it the... I can't even say it right. Um, Swillis. 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 Like Bruce Swillis. <laughs> we're calling it Swizzle. Uh, but yeah, we did just get that information back. Uh, it was about five days ago. And got all our surveys. Okay, so let me ask you, um, sir. You've done a lot of sessions in your day. What are the sort of things that you expect to see on a survey that that reviews the course that you've uh, hosted or you've kind of facilitated? What, what sort of things do you normally see come through? You know, I, I think the first thing um, that you normally see is low, low participation. Um, and that was something that I thought at the Swillis con- uh, conference that uh, <laughs> I actually thought they did a really good job of. Um, and one of the things that it kind of struck me, it was almost overbearing a little bit, but they used an app called Whova. And everybody, including the people that were in the rooms, were talking about doing the surveys. Um, it was in your face all throughout the conference of make sure you go and, and do the surveys after, do the surveys after. And I think at our last count, we had about 85 people, 85, let's just call it 800 uh, people at the at our session. And Round up. Yeah, rounding yeah, yeah. up. And what was amazing to me, the first thing that I saw is that we ended up with 57 people that responded to a survey. Um, that just kind of struck me off guard right off the bat. You know, normally you get a level one survey, you're like, oh, great, it's a smile sheet. But usually when you get one, if you had a class of 20, you may get five that actually do it. And that's probably yeah. a pretty good response rate. So usually the first thing I expect on a survey is a low response rate. Uh, especially so, can I, can I stop you there for a second? Yes, sir. Okay. So do you think that's the nature of you predominantly working with a sales audience for most of your learning career? I don't. I actually think it's due to the fact that people just don't do surveys. 
They don't do surveys. I, I think it's both. I think it's any audience. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't, especially if you give them after the class. Uh, actually, this last week, um, actually two weeks ago here, did pulse surveys throughout the class. And that's a great way to get responses in doing level ones because you can get a pulse survey and see right away, hey, did you like that section? Rather than waiting all the way to the end, uh, it was really interesting. And mostly the reason we were doing it is because we were assessing a class and really assessing every single part of it. But mm -hmm. doing the pulse surveys of how did that make you feel? What did you like about the content after every single session? It was a lot more telling than what people were getting on an overall level one survey. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double stop you and uh, ask you to tell me more about the pulse survey because this seems to be a thing. The pulse survey. So well, well so yeah. Well, okay. The reason I'm asking is because a regular survey at the end of the session, uh, or maybe it's a multi-day session. Sounds like you guys are really breaking up a lot of different pieces. A multi-day session that's going to be kind of an intense survey. So is this just one question, three? Like what? What's what's the story? So basically, we, what we were doing is saying, okay, here's our current design. Here's what we have. And so what we decided to do was do a live test, and we basically did it as like a dipstick feedback to gather just a couple things. We wanted to gather our initial reactions to see, you know, what is that dipstick feedback? Dipstick feedback, right? <laughs> you keep you keep adding just new words I've never heard of. <laughs> new words to it, but 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 so so what we did though is we said, okay, dipstick feedback. We get done with a part of the session because the class that we're assessing was four days, right, three and a half days, and after each segment, we would go and say, what are your initial reactions? What are you excited about here? Um, what was good? What was bad? Um, and really wanted to do that because we really wanted to understand each session and each segment of that overall class. Now, we still did the level one at the end like we normally did. But what was interesting is, you know, we normally did a level one and we'd get the overall satisfaction and it'd be like seven or eight. What we found is what we were looking for is that certain parts and certain components did not have the the impact that we were looking for. And, and really from a level one, some people didn't like parts of the session um, and it wasn't, it wasn't hitting the need. So now we're re redesigning the entire class. Wow. Well, okay. Thank you. So low response rate was one of the first things that you notice. Uh, what else do you see coming on a regular survey or, or, or is, is a factor, you know, with, uh, with the audience filling it out or I, not? I think uh, the other factor that I see with surveys is there's not a lot of comments. People will finally right. do the survey and won't put a lot of comments okay. unless they're not happy. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know, I, Gosh, I, you know, I remember working in, uh, here we are connecting dot folks, uh, connecting dots. You can't connect dot. It's, it's lonely. You got to connect dots. So when I was in, I was working for Staples for a bunch of years in a couple different positions. And one of them was as a manager. And I remember, you know, a lot of the manager speak and the general raw, raw stuff they would send around. There was some uh, story, anecdote management shot in the arm about the i think the silent customer and the gist was you know well what do, what do we how do we feel about those customers that might come in and have a really mediocre or even not great experience and then they leave saying nothing how do we feel about those and the answer that i didn't know you were supposed to say was well we don't like people that don't share their opinions um but that's really the case, you know, the, the feedback piece is, is imperative. And, 
You, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier saying it might have been a bit overkill the way that they pushed the survey in this, but they got responses, you know? Um, and I don't know if, see, there's, so there's a couple things that are at play and, you know, uh, not to give everything away, but the survey is a pretty good survey, you know, shouldn't be too disappointed by this, but I wonder if because we got some good responses, well, and, and you said that people that thought it was good are probably going to respond anyways. But I think there's still some some room for people that aren't really just happy to be there. They they loved what you did. They they thought you were funny, and so they gave you a good review. I think that this does actually uh, support helping us make sure that we're on the right track. You know, with with whatever shtick we're pushing out there, or whatever we have in front of us, I think it is uh, is kind of useful in that sense. Um, Agreed. Okay, so and and just one more piggyback off of that is you know you yeah. look at our survey and I, I should have probably pulled it up our survey from the ATD conference where we had a very yeah. similar number of room uh, as far as people that attended the the session. Um, at the end of the day, I think we only had about twenty five people um, actually respond. So I I believe it's closer to double uh, the response rate. Just That's unbelievable. It really and it was, it was a smaller room that we had at Swillis as well, in Dallas. Correct. It was, uh, I think we had, like, I don't know what the number was, but it varies depending on who you talk to. <laughs> I think it was around 150. I'm going to say it was around 150 people in yes. Washington. And then in Dallas, it was, uh, uh, like you say, around 80, 85 or something like yes. that. And, but, and uh, every yeah, year, that's just going to continue to get bigger. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, do you want to talk about uh, any more survey-related stuff before we actually talk about the survey? Or what are your, what are your thoughts on this? I don't. All right. I'm good with the survey. So the, the survey was good, man. The survey was good. So we had the, the first question that they ask. Well, the first question that they ask is, what was the session? Which kind of threw me off in the app because I didn't know how they were going to connect those particular dots. But so when you opened up the app, you had to click into the first question ultimately was what session did you attend for, you know, that uh, that concurrent session? And I think there was three or four of them. Uh, but then you select the appropriate one. Yes. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because this may come into play when we review some of the results in just a minute. But um, the first first question, once you get beyond that, was uh, were, were the or was the speaker or the speaker was engaging in their delivery? Uh, so we had strongly agree, 33, agree, 21, and then disagree and strongly, strongly disagree. Uh, each got one. So that sounds like good news, right? It was pretty good. Pretty happy. And even... An even stronger swing when it says the speaker was knowledgeable about the topic. 39 uh, said strongly agree there, 16 for agree, and then just one for strongly disagree, which will be a bit of a trend as we review this. <laughs> um, okay, the speaker avoided selling a service or product. Okay, so 37 strongly agree, 18. I don't know how... I don't know how less people said that we were knowledgeable than so so. Like, how could everybody not say strongly? We didn't sell anything. We have nothing to you sell. You know what I mean? We had nothing to sell. <laughs> we are just there to give you knowledge. That was the only thing. Which the so, one person, uh, the the same person who gave us strongly disagree on that one too. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that person. I've assumed they're a guy. I don't know why that is, but I've assumed that. Okay, uh, the presenter was responsive and addressed questions well, which we did talk about in the previous uh, podcast that we just we I I really loved the Q and A session that we had. You know, there's there's so much fun, and it's always incredible to. I don't want to say talk at, but I mean, it's pretty one way for most of the session. This is one of the things that you and I have kibitzed about because the session that we host, folks, is, well, this session, let me put it that way, uh, a little foreshadowing there. This session that we host is really just us kind of going back and forth, talking about uh, two and a half, three years of experience as we got a micro learning video program off the ground and to be rather successful uh, for by all accounts, you know, so that's what we're talking about. So it's a really one way thing. It's not we're not trying to give people skill sets or develop a new uh, con. Like we're just pushing information one way and not selling um, anything. No, not selling anything, but we're doing it in a, in a conversational, you know, here's what happens sort of way. So um, I wouldn't expect any level of engagement, but, you know, we were still engaging. 33% uh, people strongly agree with that. Uh, okay, but we didn't sell anything. That's for damn sure. The uh, And we were responsive to questions. So that's where I started off there. The topic description matched what was delivered. Uh, 32 strongly, 21 agree, and then two disagree. One strongly disagrees. The same son of a bitch strongly disagrees as we, as we go down the line. Um, the, uh, but the time, this was actually something that I wanted, I addressed, uh, outwardly about two minutes into my introduction. I think, you know, you in an introduction, then I introduced myself. And then I said, I want to be clear what you guys should expect, because that was something that we heard from Dallas or from, uh, from Washington, right? There was a few responses that we got in the survey back there that said it wasn't what I was expecting. And I'm not sure how they weren't expecting it. You know, I, I go back to the feedback that we got from DC, um, and it was, you know, overall very positive. But there was a couple of comments in there that said it was not what I was expecting. And what did come up multiple times was I wanted to see examples. Even though our abstract and the course descriptions or session description says that we are going to be focusing on how to do things, um, I think the the level of I want to see examples was not what people expected because most conference sessions are showing either what they're doing or giving you the steps to make things like micro learning and we kind of stayed away from that we stayed more platform agnostic and said hey you can use whatever software you want um we did not focus on the instructional design aspects of it uh, per, per se um and i think that was one of the things that people said you know hey it wasn't what i was expecting because it was quite different you know our presentation that we do for this micro learning is a lot different more different than really any of the other sessions that I've seen in a lot of these conferences because we talk about just our experiences, um, both positive and negative. Yeah, as opposed to it being a theoretical or a, here's what you should do or here's, you yes. know, the polished version of whatever, uh, which goes to the we weren't selling a damn thing. All right. The uh, the content will help me perform my job effectively. Thirty nine on the high. And then we still had that one character uh strongly disagreeing with everything uh and this one kind of surprised me the session was interactive 37 percent strongly agreed 18 percent agreed that does my heart some good even if i don't entirely believe it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah because <laughs> 
I guess the question becomes, what's considered interactive? Because we we did, you know, back and forth a little bit with the audience, certainly with each other. Uh, and maybe, th- I don't know, maybe that's a stand-in for a dialogue with the audience versus at the audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But that's strange. I'm not complaining. It's strange, though. All right. And, and uh, a lot of people would recommend it. That's fine. I'm glad they would recommend it. Um, and that kind of brings us to, uh, comments. Yes. You want to, you want to talk about comments at all? Yeah. You know what? One of the things I do want to talk about before we get to comments though, is, you know, you were talking about what I've seen in surveys before and different things. Yeah. I think you just bored anybody who's actually listening to this. It's 10 questions and, you know, something like a conference survey where you're just trying to get that initial reaction. I I felt like this survey was a little bit long and even going through some of the data of by the time they're getting to all the way to the comments or getting to the end of it, asking if the conference session length was too long, too little, just right. I felt like it was too many questions um, because I started figuring out, okay, so if I went to five different sessions or four different sessions that day that were possible, now I'm answering 40 sessions in the survey. Am I getting survey fatigue uh, just by those sessions? Because Mm -hmm. they also had surveys for check-in. They also had surveys for the um the guest speakers both the first one and the middle one so you, theoretically you could probably do eight to nine surveys because of this one day conference that's 90 to 100 questions to assess um i felt it was a little bit long um where if i was designing the survey i would have cut out about half of that um just to get that reaction and kind of get to the comments so people didn't didn't fatigue out of it you know i i kind of agree with you until we go back to how many people filled the damn thing out. That is true. Like three quarters of the people in the room filled it out. That's unbelievable. It is. And they were hitting that a little hard. I mean, it felt like a little bit of gunpoint there. Um, you know, it's like, remember, <laughs> if you want your puppy to live, you're going to do the survey. But uh, it worked. It did um, work. And, and here we go. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't want to bury the lead. Two people. Uh, two people. Well, you know, I'm looking at these things, the way I sorted these is alphabetically, and everything is the same, including the punctuation. So I don't know if this is two people <laughs> or if it was the same person twice, Who's this really? but at least there were two surveys that said best session of the day. And that's pretty, uh, pretty damn flattering. That was fantastic. Love it. Yeah. Again, I'm uh, not going to disagree with them, but um, I'm I'm awful impressed that somebody else thought that too. Uh, Excellent ideas, excellent topic. Uh, Best part of the session was info on how to catalog videos and cross promote. That cross promotion thing, I know you talk about that a lot, uh, but it's important, you know. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that a lot of people don't think about when they're building a learning program is how do you actually market it? And, you know, this is you started in the beginning. We were talking about connecting some of the dots, Um, connecting learning to marketing is something that marketing that learning people just don't really necessarily think about. It's not in the forefront of a lot of learning people's thoughts. Right. We have a marketing department or the marketing does that. And I will say that. The more you can think about it, when you have the opportunity, and I know not everybody has an opportunity to market courses, but if you can think about that, how to market and cross-promote into other parts of learning and learning paths, and um, that is something that 
helps with consumption and gets people to want to learn. Um, it, it does take a little bit of promotion. It takes putting on that marketing hat, um, but it uh, it seems to go well. And especially when you start thinking about it in a way that we have content to give, how do we get it in front of our learners, especially for optional content? Yeah. Um, speaking of getting it in front of the learners here, we had uh, somebody that was kind of requesting or they would have liked to see some examples of the videos that we had. And you actually, I think early on, uh, right out of the gates in the session. So maybe that was somebody that came in a minute or two after or just forgot. Uh, but I think you offered to, I did. And uh, I actually to had share, a, right? I, I yeah. did. And I actually had a, uh, three people reach out to me after the session that I did send them some videos, some Dan hurt special videos, um, oh, yeah. that I sent. Um, but I did send them out, uh, you know, a couple people reached out, which was always a good sign too, you know, after the conference and after, um, they get back yeah. in, back in there to actually reach out and, and figure out how to connect with me and, and, and say, Hey, I want to see those videos. I want to see that information. Did you hear anything back from those folks after you mm -hmm. sent them? I did. I've been uh, in contact with one of them. Um, he, I sent him one of the five minutes or less videos, which is one of the ones that you did in kind of the beginning. Nice. I also sent him yeah. one of our Caliber oh. Clips videos uh, right. that kind of had that marketing spin on it. Um, and then for fun, I just sent him a, a video that we created with Beyond and said, hey, here's some examples of what we're doing. And he actually sent back that he is going to be sharing. He was a manager training manager and he's going to be sending back uh sharing those with his team of just examples of some of the things that they can do um and because they are starting down the path of micro learning that's uh we've talked about it uh, in other sessions or i think in the in the main session that we do but uh the fact that people don't even realize sometimes that they have the ability to do things if because nobody tells them, nobody says, Hey, you can do this thing. You know that? Uh, and then, but when you do, it's like, Holy shit, I can do that. Yes. <laughs> go for God's. I wish you did it two months ago. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Could you please? Uh, all right. But one of the do other I, things, you know, that, that I'm kind of looking yeah. here on, on these yeah. comments that I, that I think is really interesting is, um, they said that, I just lost. Oh, like that you shared your path, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And mm. I know we talked about that a little bit last week when we did the other session right after the, uh, right after the conference. But I think that was one of the biggest things where people came up to us multiple times. And, and it's shown here in the feedback of, hey, we we're glad that we heard where you guys didn't succeed, where you guys have failed or yeah. didn't get buy-in, didn't land the project. Um, and I think that was it took a lot of people off guard also that we were able to talk about that and just said, hey, we're not perfect. We messed up a lot. Um, and we did things that just you know probably weren't the right way, but we learned from it. Um, but that also came back into the comments. So it was kind of good to see because that whole session was on the premise of here's what we've learned over the last several years um, by doing this. And it, it kind of here's our battle scars. That's right. Yeah, and I, I like to think it of a scar tissue, because that's really what it is. You know, there's a. I have this. My uh, my wedding ring is made of stainless steel, which I know is not necessarily uh, fancy, but it keeps every single nick and scar 
um, from all the abuse that it's gone through, you know, in the past, well, 12 years now. But it, se- it seems like one of those kind of those poetic things. And not to get too woo-woo, you know, but <laughs> really, a, a relationship's a lot like that, too, where you're getting knocked around for 12 years. You're, you're figuring stuff out together, but it's, it's, a, it's just a visual representation of that. And I think that there's too often – that polished thing. And you see it on social. Well, I thankfully don't see a lot of social media. I'm just on LinkedIn, but, um, you still see a lot of people that present a very polished version of themselves. And I've never been comfortable with that. I'd rather make people a little uncomfortable with the fact that I am flawed and, and, and I'm okay with those things. But, uh, that, that really came through on, on the feedback that we heard afterwards. And that was, ah. Yeah, it, it was it was really really cool. It was cool to see something that hit people so hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and I guess it's great because I'm reading one of the other comments here. Great visuals, great flow. Loved the failures. <laughs> Love the failures. That's right. That should be a T-shirt right there. It really should be. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one. Love sharing of failures. It's true. It's true. Yeah, people I don't love, know. It's people crazy. love to see failure points provide a takeaways to save money. So yeah, people love to hear about us failing. So. Yes. Well, okay. So here is, and then I'm I'm going to read some particular survey res- responses here from this one survey. Um, the speaker was engaged in their delivery. Disagree. Uh, but then we have uh, knowledgeable of the topic. Agree. Avoided selling service or product. Agree. They were responsive uh, and addressed questions. Well, that's a disagree right there. We have a disagree, strongly disagree, strongly, strongly, strongly disagree. Uh, we didn't even talk about this question. The amount of content are for the amount of content. The session length was up to the uh, up to the learner here. Too long was the answer. So we talked too damn long, apparently. And then here is the here is the more thorough note. Uh, please share your overall thoughts. The speakers just clicked through slides and data, data, data. Crazy boring. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the the least formal, I think, of the responses I've got. And I have... Okay. I have to assume, and maybe this is just a trainer sort of callous, but I have to assume they picked the wrong session. I do too. We have no data. Well, we do. Just we have no data. I mean, we did have a little bit of data in the beginning that kind of started our presentation. But for a majority, we did not talk data slides. Um, you know, okay. So the I, I was 100% confident that this person picked the wrong session, which would be really hard because it says, you know, jumpstart your micro learning program by blah, blah, blah. Um, but then it says speakers just clicked through slides speakers what what's happening i don't know and they were upper management is their role upper management best describes your role upper management rude is what i would say (laughs) Uh, and a poor judge of things but uh but yeah that was a survey man that was it that was it that was it. Is there any any other points that you wanted to touch on on there? Something that you thought that I missed that was silly or, no, or I think noteworthy? That, I think that was it. I, I, I'm pretty pleased with how it came out. And, you know, I kind of started with the – they pushed it a lot. And, you know, it, it was just yeah. a lot of pushing. Um, but we got the survey results um, and we got more people to respond. That's so it, man. I thought that was kind of interesting. But it, That's and it. And that was it. That's it. Cool. All right. 
why don't uh, why don't you share the other uh, you kick off the other piece, man? So I guess we'll just continue talking about our failures and just talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of leads into the good. That's right? an interesting spin. I wasn't expecting it, that. It, it leading, yeah, yeah. It kind of leads into the good. So we applied um, not too long ago for two more conferences. Um, one of them was for. Uh, Florida, the Orlando, the Training Mag 2020 um, conference going in Orlando in February. And speaking of failures, we did not get accepted. So last did week, not get found accepted. out we were not accepted. We are on the wait list, though, which I don't really know if everybody is on the wait list. If that's kind of one of those, uh, <laughs> like when you apply for a job, uh, we're, we're, we'll keep your resume and call you generally doesn't happen um so i don't know if everybody's on the wait list or not but we did not get accepted uh into training mag 2020 however the day after we received that we did get accepted to e-learning guilds annual national conference that is in march in orlando at the rosen center hotel so pretty excited about that um dan I, i think i'm thrilled about that to go from that was a bummer we didn't get accepted to Hey, we got accepted to this 30 days later uh, in Orlando, uh, of yeah. all places, the same place that we were looking to get into Training Mags magazine. And our conference is going to be a little bit different than what we've been kind of hawking for the last uh, selling services on micro learning. It's actually <laughs> going to be a little bit different now. We're going to talk about virtual learning. And I know this is something that you have a big passion for, uh, something that I do. You, we've been talking about a little bit and we put this together of hey what would good virtual learning look like and so we've been accepted we have uh and it's exciting because the you know i feel like when the first time we presented the jumpstart one that was where the seed was planted at least in your head because this was your idea um that's where the seed was planted for this session uh, because the way that yeah, I'm just going to share how, how that session went. And then you tell me if I'm right or wrong, but the way that that session went was facilitated because our big session was in DC, Washington, DC. And I always feel like a jackass when I say that, like I'm really like extra bragging, like, <laughs> Oh, it's kind of in the capital of the United States. Not sure if you've heard of this. Um, <laughs> but so it was in, it was in DC, but like, Hey, it's kind of nice to get a practice run in. Right. Yes. And, uh, Adam is in. Texas, Dallas, Texas, and I am in Toronto, Ontario, which is in Canada. So that's a, that's a pretty good distance. So we didn't really get an opportunity to try this session, you know, out loud together in a room, just talking at each other. Uh, so what we did was we were lucky to get on the map for a, a local Texas chapters, Fort Worth, uh, uh, ATD, you know, monthly meeting. And I presented virtually from my current boss's office in Ontario. And Adam was the guy, you know, boots on the ground in the room. And it really had, well, it's difficult for me to really say how the session went because I did have a camera into the room on the, the laptop that we were using to present, which was really cool. Kind of helped me kind of gauge how things were going. And I had audio coming back so I could kind of hear if jokes landed. But um, it seemed like, Adam, it went well from your end. So how, how do you think it went? And was that where this thing started? It was. Um, so, you know, I think it went extremely well. I know we were 
very nervous on making it happen. It was like, okay, well, what happens if connectivity doesn't work? What yeah. happens? I mean, we literally had Dan up on screen of with camera and our slides right next to him. So he was presenting um, like he was in the room, but he was up in Canada. And so we didn't know how it was going to work. Uh, when we got to the session, the internet was not working. I had to figure out how to hardwire it. Um, I was in pure panic mode too. And so, um, however, it went really, really well. And, and the reason I know it went well is because right after that, uh, Laura Escana, and if she ever listens to this podcast, we really want to thank her for this because yeah. she came up to us and she was on the board of directors for Swillis. And um, I was going to say Swizzle again. Um, she was on the board of directors and said, you know what? You guys need to present at this Willis conference. Um, we think that your content was great and we, I want you to put an application in, which I thought was fantastic. And, you know, you look at it and say, what well, we did our presentation virtual. And that's what really kind of gave me the idea of saying, hey, what could we do? Because this worked, this format worked. So, yeah, yep. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that it worked really, really well. But again, it was difficult for me to gauge. But from what I understand, it went really, really well. Like our, our back and forth was still not seamless, but you know, it was, it was pretty tight still, you know? Yeah, it was. And, and, you know, for learning professionals, we always say that, hey, you could do virtual learning. It'll be just as good as in person. We kind of put it to the test uh, in a conference with learning professionals saying we're going to use technology to present somebody here, present somebody there, and mm-hmm. put together a presentation. Um, one, it was also unlike probably anything they've done before because I don't think anybody would yeah. be crazy enough to do a live presentation, not in person um so we actually did it and 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 i think that's that was one of the things of how can a good virtual look like or what you know what is a good virtual uh and we put it together that way if there's one thing i've learned uh, is if you want somebody to think you did something uh well just do something that nobody else has done before because they do not have a frame of reference and i mean that's kind of what we did with our uh, with our whole session so far, it's just something that nobody's really done before. They haven't just shared, you know, pretty, pretty transparently. And that's kind of what the content's going to be or the format's going to be in this session too, that we're going to be doing in Orlando. It's going to be a format that folks aren't going to be used to. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, we, we've also thrown this application up to ATD, the International Conference in Denver next year. So we'll see if we can mm-hmm. accept it there. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when we were putting this session together, I think one of the, the big jokes that uh, you kept saying is, hey, we're going to apply to this and I'm not coming. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem a little weird. Yeah. So what, what, but that allows me to uh, drop any hornet's nest bomb I want to in the session and not really have to deal with the repercussions. Yeah, so you can just be like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to mute you and, and turn it off. Um, but, you know, let's talk about the premise of, uh, of this session. You know, at the end of the day, what we're looking to do is this is going to be focused on virtuals and we figured hey we can say what does a good virtual look like by actually putting them through a good virtual with me in the room dan on a virtual and be able to give the tools be able to do some of the things that are good and bad right start the session with maybe he's not on camera he's just a voice from above there's a lot of things that we're going to try to put into this uh 
to to really kind of show what good and bad look like turn off mm-hmm. the camera have poor lighting all those different things that we can do to say hey this will make a difference when you're virtually training and now you get to experience the good the bad in a different format than anybody else and, and everybody at these conferences goes down the list google some information and says this is good this is bad we're going to kind of yeah. show you and put you into it so you can experience some of that good, the bad. And, and so I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it should be uh should be a fun session, I think. And really at this point, you know, we haven't, uh, we've, you know, we've obviously both kind of hosted our own different types of virtual sessions. And that's, that's where I really cut my teeth in when I started in the industry uh, and that was in at a bank in Michigan called Flagstar Bank, and I was doing webinars there. It's funny. I remember. I, was, I don't know why I thought about this the other day. I it was a. I think they were rolling out a new performance evaluation thing, some HR initiative like that, and we had to tell the sales folks about it, right? And this is literally my first webinar in the world ever. (laughs) I'm not sure I had ever even attended a webinar, but I kind of got the gist of it. But um, And I was waiting to go into my spiel, but I was waiting like an idiot on the entire roster showing up Mm. for the session. So I'm like eight, nine minutes in and I've got an HR partner who's in there just to make sure I don't put my foot in my mouth. Uh, and she's, she's kind of looking at her watch, tapping her toe. She's like, Oh, damn, we could probably get going anytime now. But, um, I've come a long way since then and I've learned a lot of stuff and I've applied stuff from different places. Uh, a lot of things I've actually applied from some of my favorite radio programs and, uh, just to, just to try different things to keep people engaged in a session. Um, and that's, I'm really hoping to, uh, to bring that to a lot of folks in Orlando. Yes. And are you going to be the man behind the curtain and actually show up after or? I would love to do that. Yes. That would be just a terrific reveal if we could do that. <laughs> but uh, we'll see what uh, <laughs> we'll see what the travel budget looks yes. like. Yeah. So. But that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be in Nancy end of March. Uh, so eLearning Guild. Uh, thank you to them for allowing us to uh, yes. have this opportunity. It's going to be kind of cool. That's terrific. So I mean it's just. You a, know. And- it's great. Well, it is, and it's it's such a. I, I go back and forth between like you're goddamn right, this stuff's worth putting in a conference, and then it's like ah no, I I am really truly uh, appreciative and 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 honored and and impressed that we we made it to that uh, that threshold, you know, and it's. Um, I, I feel like that imposter syndrome that you hear about quite a bit. Sometimes it's there, and you're thinking, "Oh, it's not a frickin' syndrome." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, legit imposter. But then you're like, oh, "Okay, no, I seem to, I seem to know what I'm doing." So, we'll. Uh, I hope it goes well. Yes. All right, sir. Uh, is there anything else you want to uh, you want to share when it comes to conferences or surveys or uh, your favorite uh, fun words to say? No, I think it's uh, it's. <laughs> I'm reading our application. I was reading some of the fun words that we put in our application. So it's going oh. to be. I, we'll I play hope, a little buzzword bingo to I, get things going. I hope they know what they, they, they got themselves into with uh, this meta platform agnostic <laughs> session. So if anybody can uh, uh, oh. decouple that, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. see it here in a couple months. But uh, no, I think I think I'm good. Regardless of your virtual denomination, all are welcome. <laughs> all right, man. Um, hey, let me ask you, is there any way if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, is there any way that you want them to get a hold of you? LinkedIn. 
LinkedIn Just and um, only social media that I'm on. I do have seven Twitter yeah. followers, so do follow me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, last name is C O S T A K E S. Did I get that right? You got that perfect. Nice job. Kostakis. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. And uh, yeah, I'm also on uh, on uh, LinkedIn, formerly of Twitter and Facebook, but to hell with that. So uh, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'll still share a few uh, few things that are relevant to my professional and hopefully your professional lives. And uh, and that's it for us. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. So that was our recap, our survey results. You don't really get to see a peek behind the curtain too often. So that's kind of exciting that we're able to share that with you. It's exciting for me anyways. I think it was exciting for Adam. But um, if you're looking for more from us, what the best thing you can do is just reach out to us on LinkedIn. You're going to see pretty much everything we're sharing with the world there. Uh, my name, Dan H-I-R-T, Dan Hurt, Adam Kostics, my partner over there, C-O-S-T-A-K-E-S. So look us both up on LinkedIn. The music for this episode is from uh, Kevin McLeod. I think it's called Retro future grunge or something like that anyways all of his tunes you can find at incompetech.com he's got a lot of good uh kind of like background music foreground music any kind of music you're looking for but uh i am looking forward to talking to you guys and adam next week and we'll see what we'll talk about then all right take care folks Okay, so I've got an actual listener here that tuned in to uh, podcast number one, which uh, I'm not saying it was the best podcast ever. You know, obviously the first podcast, sometimes they go good, sometimes they don't go good. But what I wanted to hear was somebody's actual opinion about this. So uh, thank you very much. So who, who are you? I'm a bamboo ninja. Well, yeah. All right. So if you had to give Adam's performance a rating, uh, what would you say? Well, what's the scale? Uh, it's, it's out of five stars. Let's say five stars. Kind of like an Amazon thing. So out of five stars, what would you say? Uh, five. Wow, five. Okay, all right. That's great. What did you like best about it? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Okay. Now, if you were to describe my performance, and again, I'm Dan, the other guy's Adam, how would you describe my performance on the same scale? <clears throat> okay, two. I appreciate the enthusiasm. You, you sounded like that's a good thing. Why a two? Uh, low energy. Low energy. I can appreciate that. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so bring the energy up. We'll try to do that in this episode for you, Bamboo Ninja. Bamboo Ninja! Ching! <laughs> Well, there you have it, folks. The uh, the actual review of a listener for episode one. Hopefully, in episode two, we can get a better review. We got one five star and one two star, and we'll see how we do in this one.